This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The Malaysian bond market is one of the most developed and sophisticated in ASEAN with a market size of US $433 billion, including both government and corporate insurances. It has sufficient debt and breadth with a wide choice of credit quality and maturities. However, independent pricing has been a long-standing issue unlike equities, which are traded on exchange. To fill this need, the Securities Commission introduced the Bond Pricing Agency Initiative to provide independent evaluated bond prices. We speak to Malaysia's sole provider of this service, the Bond Pricing Agency Malaysia, to find out what role they play and outlook for 2024 and will they be displaced by artificial intelligence. Speaking to us is Mio Amri Mio Ayob, their CEO. Thank you for joining us this morning, Mio. Okay, good morning. Now, first off, for many who are not participants in the bond market, they're probably not even aware of what a bond pricing agency does or even exists here in Malaysia. So you might know about the regulators, be it Bank Negara or Securities Commission, or even the issuers of bonds and investors, which of course are the insurance companies or pension funds like EPF, but a bond pricing agency. So help us understand what role does BPAM play? Okay. Uh, as the name suggests, bond pricing agency. So we provide a valuation for bonds. Fixed income has a finite life. So there is a maturity. Because of that, there's this concept of time value of money. Now, if there is no trade done on that particular bond today, the next day, or, or for the next one week, does it imply that the last done is the value of the bond? Now, that, that is a mm. very fundamental question because if you use that uh, argument as far as equity is concerned, yes, last done is the value of the stock. Okay, Because time value of money such that every day it gets closer towards maturity, all else remains equal, price change. Yes. So this is where a bond pricing agency comes into play. We, we are just like our property valuers. Uh, if you want to say, for example see what's the value of property for, for refinancing, for, for example. You get property values. Usually, they will say more than two property values. Interestingly, when you get one or two property values, more often than not, both of them will give a slightly different valuation. Yeah. Uh, because every valuation agency, like BPEM as well, have their own methodology. Many frameworks for bond pricing. So in Singapore, there is no resident bond pricing agency. Um, there are a few initiatives involving trading platforms to help with price discovery while in mature markets. There are valuation providers, but there's no direct regulation. And some have a hybrid like Japan, which is self-regulated. So why is this regulated model best for Malaysia? To be honest, the best the best person to answer this would have to be the regulators. The SC. Yeah, the SC. Because they have done their necessary sort of investigation in terms of the various models out there in the market. But for me personally, so this is not a BPEM view, but this is mm. my personal view. The reason why the application that BPEM has done, the setup that BPEM has been, been doing for all these years, it's good for Malaysia, is the fact that what you can do is that you can do... Uh, back testing, mm. right? If you were to do something that is purely on an opinion base, so like you call someone, up three bankers, yeah, you challenge. Uh, let's say a week later there's an issue, you challenge the price. Mm. 
can you really get the real justification why that price was chosen? Because why? It is an expert judgment. But if you have it in a system that's all documented, that uses methodology that is transparent, at any point of time, even a week ago, a month ago, even a year ago, if someone then says, that, I, I would like to challenge this, please show me what was the raw data input that you used to be able to generate this price. Immediately, I can give that. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, BPM, the brand is so big, is so strong, is so good. Just trust us. You, you can't do that. At the end of the day, the trust must come from the data. The trust must come from the methodology. The trust must come in the ability of operator to answer any question that the market has. Does the market do ask you these questions? Oh, yes. I mean, have you been proven to be correct in terms of the analytical tools that BPEM uses to come up with the, the actual price? Because the thing about the bond market is that it's, some would say it's notoriously not transparent, right? Mm. So how do you overcome this, especially if, let's say, the bond hasn't been traded for a very long time? Okay. And there are cases where bonds go untraded for a year, yeah. two, three years, and suddenly someone wants a price. Okay. So how do I know that the price that you're offering at 5 okay. p.m. is the correct price? Okay. Now, our purpose is for price discovery. You can challenge if you say that, no, I do not believe that this is the correct price. Fine. Do you like to put a bid or an ask price on, on, the, uh, on that particular bond? Yeah, because you are not actually determining the definitive market price, right? No. Let me be clear about this. It's an yes. estimated price. Estimated price. Which means that the model that BPEM has is a passive reactive, reactive model, right? Correct. So, what is your, I mean, how useful is your price then? At least it uh, encourages fixed income man managers to trade. Is that is that one okay. more the rules? Okay. Uh, if, if you talk about uh, marketing 101, mm. uh, one, one, of the, one of the biggest uh, issue of marketing 101 is the fact that, you know, if you go to a shop, you go and see all the nice, beautiful uh, products on the shelves and then you don't see a price. Let's say you don't see a then price. Then you walk away. You will walk away or if you really, really want, desire that particular item, you pick up your hand and say, excuse me, can you tell me what's the price? Now, this is where the problem starts. Internally, your view. Is the person quoting you the fair price or, or he looking up up and down saying, mm, I don't like this particular potential customer. I won't just price it out of his or her read. read. Yeah. Right? So you have that, that decision. Now, having an initial price provides an alternative for both parties to at least kickstart the negotiation process. So would you say over the years, BPAM has encouraged, you know, uh, volume in the market? more trading in the, the Malaysian bond uh, space? To be honest, there is no definitive study to sort of uh, try to prove one way or the other, right? Yeah. Although um, from, from what I can gather from observation, there appear to be uh, a more active uh, participation in as far as all the markets is concerned. But Mio, do you think this, this issue that because you are the only pricing agency in town that in a way you have become the price maker for the fixed income market in Malaysia. Yeah, I, I Do you run risk of that? Yes, we do. But I think it was a general complaint that we have effectively become the price setter. Mm. Uh, now, our, our name in itself... Uh, unfortunately, born pricing agency. Malaysia. But you notice that I've never used the word, we do valuation. If ever I face the same accusation, I have to go and try to show and prove to them that, guys, no, what we say is not, not because what we say, you have to transact. No, at the end of the day, 
the market decides the true value. The true price is always the market. Willing buyer, willing seller. We are only providing the valuation at a point of time. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you see a price, some say, no, it's a bit too low uh, or it's a bit too high and mm. they can negotiate accordingly. Give us a little sense of the pricing meta- methodology. How many data points go into it? Huh? Is, is it very AI driven at this current okay. moment? People are talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Is it all down to, to machines? Okay. Um, this has always been the holy grail of... Uh, of valuation um, agencies. Okay, I, I shouldn't word the word agencies because like, for example, um, uh, Refinitiv, Bloomberg, uh, but for them, their risk is even higher than ours because we only value Malaysian ringgit. They value every bond in the whole world. Yes. The US, the Europeans, the Japanese, the Thai bots, the, the world. So, so for them, the, it is a holy grail trying to find a system that uh, takes out the human element because you can take out the human element, man. Kaching, kaching. So, is there <laughs> a human <laughs> element within BPEM still? Yeah, it still have to have that human element uh, because at the end, at the end of the day, we are, for example, uh, I, I give you a, a case in a case in point. You can have a triple A uh, corporate, mm. okay, but one corporate is a bank, and one corporate is uh, say for example, utility, uh, power, company. Uh, utility company, right? Do you price to curve? Mm, they will be different. Of course, because uh, the different industry itself has different uh, quirks as far as the market. So this is where the the individual pricing specialist is very important. This is where the input comes in. The human element might inject some error at the same okay. time, right? So how do we in BPEM protect, uh, or not say protect, but uh, keep track of this? So what we usually do is that, unfortunately, you cannot have one. You need to have two. One oversees the other. So there's always this check and balance. And the, our system is such that any decision that is made, there, there will be a sign-off. On the breakfast grill this morning is Mio Amri Mio Ayub, CEO of Bond Pricing Agency Malaysia. After the break, what is the outlook for the Malaysian bond market in 2024 and how profitable is BPM? You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat is Mio Amri Mio Ayub, CEO of Bond Pricing Agency Malaysia. Before the break, what is behind the pricing methodology that BPAM uses and does that ensure fair and objective outcomes? Mio, let's talk about the other BPAM services, uh, aside from bond pricing. Right? There's reference data, benchmarking and analytics. But... Can I assume that the pricing is still the main money earner for BPEM and how are fees charged? Okay. We charge usually based on subscription. So if you you subscribe to the service, we give you an application, it's called Bondstream, whereby you have access to all the data, current as well as historical. And, and you are able to extract the, the, the data to your own desktop or laptop and you can do all kinds of uh, assessment if you want to do it. So that's that's how we get. So it's based on, on It's a fixed fee. It's like a... No, well, it depends on this. Uh, the, the way we do it is that we base it on... Uh, the size, okay. uh, the size of the portfolio. So the bigger your portfolio, your uh, subscription will be higher. In terms of the uh, other products now, I suppose this could also be a, a reason why 
there's no second BPA into the, into the market. The reason why we have to have a lot of other supporting services is because the other supporting services sort of help to support mm. the so-called regulated business. Right? The regulated business on its own, it's, uh, it, it's, it's real, the margin is unbelievable. Sometimes it could be in a negative margin. So you need to actually have the, the others Ancillary to, services. to support. Mm. Now, uh, so again, um, I, some, sometimes I, uh, people always ask me, how many products and services? And so I just tell people that, you know, uh, as of today, I have 23 revenue lines, right? Four of the revenue lines and the US dollars. Right, so they were surprised. You have twenty-three revenue lines, and I said, "Yes, we have to because our mandated one, which is all one, mm. but without the other twenty-two, it's it's very difficult trying to sustain even that that core." So yeah. this is this is this thing, and and to be honest. Um, it's not cheap. Uh, we talk about databases, maintaining databases, maintaining the the servers. I mean. <laughs> but so this this means that has growth then plateaued for BPAM for its mandated services because you've been in business for 17 years, right? Mm. And I would assume that most funds, if not all funds that invest in the Malaysian fixed income space would be a client by now. So is that is that really what's, what's happening? Okay. Um, I think here we have to look at it more in terms of as a as a company, mm. where where do we see ourselves going forward? Are, are we seeing ourselves just as a BPA, or do we see ourselves as something even bigger than that? So, like for me, for the last uh, few years, I have been transforming the whole uh, the whole organization, even the corporate cultures, of, to think ourselves as a data based company. So do you see yourself, do you benchmark yourself against the likes of like Bloomberg and Refinity then? Is that the future of BPEM? To be honest, we, since we have no local competitors, yeah. that is our competitor. In fact, a lot of my, of my uh, ex-staff, they get pinched, get pinched by them. So they fly out to Hong Kong, they fly out to, to Singapore. They, you know, very seldom that you get someone to j- jump from you know, from BPM to a to a local outfit, you know, Where maybe do one or two. Go? They do. They do. They do. You know, but a lot more often than not, they are taken by this this big place, the global mm. place. So, what else will you be adding then on in terms of your okay. revenue stream? Because you say you've got about twenty three, okay. right? Over time, what are you planning? Okay, so um, if um, so, well, the press release is supposed to be today, but we just made an announcement that. Uh, BPEM was awarded the digit grant by SE. Uh, if you if you look in, in the digit grant screen in SE, uh, we were awarded uh, a grant mm. to be able to develop a machine learning uh, crowdsourcing uh, database on ESG. ESG is a um, platform. So this this is something that we are quite um, you know we were very excited to 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 look at this because for the first time we are no longer looking at oh yeah we are a valuation agency so therefore we should focus ourselves on just valuation. The right aim, the right goal, the right strategy is to look ourselves as we are a data company. I.e. we generate data. We aggregate data. So if this mindset is there, then the whole world is our oyster, as they say. 
Okay. You know? But it would be hard to compete, right? With the no, likes. of course. It's, yeah. it's always hard. But um, to be honest, what we find uh, that we think that we are flexible uh, apart from the rest is that like those big organizations, if you ask for, for example, any of their products and services, generally their products and services are black boxes. Okay, so they are black boxes, but ours, we are always, from day one until today, we always operate on transparency. We mm. show everything. We share all our methodology so people can actually look at it and they can they can really compare and contrast. For example, even for, say, for example, uh, if you are a financial inst- institution, generally, you can actually uh, look at valuation uh, without even looking at, uh, lo- looking at BPEM. You mm. can use other sources. There's, there's no mandatory requirement for you to subscribe to BPM. Yet, they do. Why? Because I believe and the advantage for them is, hey, if if they feel a situation, if they say their middle office suddenly comes out and say, hey, BPM says, despite you treated as well, why? Mm. Immediately, they can go back to and say, hey, can you just give me an explanation? Give me an explanation so that at least I can tell my middle office guys that, you know, it was arm's length. I know what, I, I, this is the risk I see. Mm. That's the risk that you saw. Okay. So, uh, but you try to do it with uh, with a, uh, with all this international thing? You won't get an answer. You will not get an answer. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about markets then. Because in the past, foreign shareholding for Malaysian government securities used to be close to 40, 50%. Today, it's close to 23%. That's a pretty steep decline, right? Yes. Now, is this just solely a function of the narrowing yield spread between 10-year MGS and the equivalent US treasuries? But the reason why I'm asking all this is because if there's more interest in the Mal- in the Malaysian market, I would assume it's better business for BPM. Okay. Now, if you look at the, the so-called foreign... Uh, holdings of, of Malaysian government securities, right? Uh, it, it's a of, it's a function of uh, foreign foreign exchange, the function of US Treasury rates, mm. right? And now the so mantra is higher yes, for longer. Uh, it's a higher for longer. So, uh, to be honest, if you ask any of these international investors, why did it actually buy in ringgit? They say, oh, the, the reason why because we just want to play with the credit spread. Mm. Okay. They, do they care? Is Malaysia? No. Sometimes they, they do, sometimes they don't. They don't. Yeah. But more often than that, there's a spread, positive spread. I mean. Yeah, and they can hedge out the currency risk. Correct, they hedge it up. Suddenly, US starts to, to become very uh, enticing for them. Yeah. Flow. So th- this thing goes in and out. Uh, so we, we we should we should take it with a pinch of salt and not get too agitated. I but, think we shouldn't. But what you need is to have interest in the market full stop, Cor- right? Correct, yes. So, so if you're coming back to this, now the biggest question that I usually I will I don't ask someone who asked that question to me is that okay these guys who sold okay the, the, the foreigners that sold the outflow the outflow right uh, those bonds are they taken up are they being bought yes yes which means what there is liquidity the billions of dollars that flow out there is there is liquidity somewhere to be able to absorb mm that kind of outflow here. Well, thank goodness for our institu- local institutions. Yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's, that's the thing. So can you imagine if suddenly they allow retailers to co- come also to come into the market? Can you imagine the potential of the fixed income market? Mm. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Now, what about for 2024 though? What kind of issuances are you expecting? Um, this year actually, MGS did pretty decently. I think yes. the average return has been 5.4%. 
um, expectations that it might hit 5.7 by year end, just another month to go. Mm-hmm. So for 2024, do you see the same amount of interest, issuances also? Because your business does depend on that. Yeah. So I, I, I suppose this is where uh, what's what's going to happen overseas is becomes a very important um, anchor to what's going to happen here in Malaysia as well. Uh, I mean, there is a, I think, a survey done uh, by international um, media that the US have sort of hit the max. Mm. Um, so I think there's a next, there, there's a FOMC there's one more meeting, meeting on December. the 12th yeah, or 13th, I think. But they say chances are it will be kept at the current rate. And then from 2024 onward, they will start to reduce. Okay, Now, if the reduction is going to be consistent, I mean, every meeting they're going to reduce, reduce, what is going to happen is there's going to be a re-evaluation of assets. Mm. Now, when there's a re-evaluation, re-evaluation of assets, it's also positive for us. Yeah, inflow again. Yes, it's an maybe inflow again. maybe we can hit the average of uh, what uh, twenty four billion uh, that we saw inflow every year. Possible foreign inflow, yeah, yeah. I mean, possible, yeah. which we used to see between twenty nineteen yeah. and twenty twenty one. Okay, so that's good news for us. I I do have one last question though, which is about whether there's sufficient segregation from your shareholder RAM. Okay, which is ratings agency Malaysia because yes. they are also one of the two rating agencies in this country how do you ensure that there's no conflict of interest because on the left side we have RAM mm-hmm. providing the ratings of the bonds and then on the right side we have BPAM providing the pricing so I think one one of the that has, has been one of the key um, important uh, focus by the regulator when they first established the guidelines all, all those years back in 2006 so if you look at the guidelines itself there is a clause that, that states that if the bond pricing agency is owned by a financial institution or a rating agency, so it becomes very explicit, Which it's part of part, right? Yeah. There should be a clear demarcation in terms of resources, uh, everything. So there must be a clear demarcation. Now, but it doesn't say, it doesn't stop a, a rating agency or financial institution to own a BBA. Mm. Right, uh, because you you can't stop you yeah. can't stop ownership, but you can own, but there is that that clear demarcation, and uh, for us, uh, I mean, for me personally, the, the safety net is the fact that like rate like RAM rating agency Malaysia uh, uh, RAM Holdings and also ourselves, we are regulated by the same regulator. Mm. So again, we have uh, someone with a very big stick waiting there, making sure that both of us are not doing anything, anything that is not you know, outside the and outside what's what's, what's what can be done. So I think that's that's the only thing. So um, and I, I've been in the company since two thousand and six. So I've not seen any instances whereby uh, there is a conflict uh, of interest. So we, in fact, we 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 work very uh, well with both rating agencies. All right. So yeah, I mean that's my, the only thing I can say. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you for your time on the breakfast grill this morning. It was Mio Amri Mio Ayub, CEO of Bond Pricing Agency Malaysia. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM eighty nine point nine. The BFM Breakfast Grill brought to you by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one five G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.